Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkout. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work, we'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. (laughs) Every single day. Love the Liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? Du- I would say double. Oh, I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross. Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com Make a fat. 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 Make a f
Christmas, Jables. <laughs> Do they know it's Christmas after all? Do those poor kids in Africa know it's Christmas after all? Oh, they're so poor and dirty. If you're an OG listener, you know. You know we went on a rant about Bono and do they know it's Christmas after all. And when you really listen to it after that. Yeah, you're you like, see? man, it's super racist. Almost yeah. almost like that video clip that popped up the other day huh. from uh, Chris Rock getting railed for, for the N-word, calling Louis C.K. the N-word. Yeah, and Louis C.K. saying it. Yeah, all of them. All syllables. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, so it was Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock. Ricky Gervais and Louis C.K. Yep. Jerry Seinfeld was the only one who was just like, nah, I know better. Gosh, you he know, does, you doesn't he? The N-word. I never found it funny. Congratulations. You guys found it funny. Uh-huh. Um, Gosh, he knows. He just he he knows. knows. He's a pro. He just, he's a pro. He's a pro, but you know, when that video made the rounds and everybody was outraged, you said the first, like you called it, you were like, wait a minute. Isn't that from that Showtime show in like 2011? Like we've all Just an seen this old show, yeah, really yeah, really old, seven yeah. years ago, yeah. And then, ironically, the story just dies right after that because everybody was like, "Oh, this is from 2011." We were all getting outraged from mm-hmm. a video. From it was like, because mm-hmm. where was the outrage then? I saw a post by Jameel Hill, who I fucking hate. Sure, she got fired by ESPN, which. I called. I mean, we I, I, we literally did a show called Fire Jameel Hill. Right. And you can go back and listen to that episode if you want. But I said, dude, you've got to get this fucking woman off the air. So she gets fired, um, is doing like new segments for, I think, The Atlantic or somebody now, some bullshit publication. Right. She was the first one to chime in of like, oh, look at how comfortable they all are saying the N-word and all this other shit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, this is crazy and outrageous and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like... Cool, but where was that outrage seven years ago when this actually aired? Exactly. So I posted on the Twitter. My response blew up, and then I got a bunch of people who responded. They were like, you know, maybe they haven't seen it. Just because they weren't outraged then doesn't mean they're not outraged now. My simple response was this. Where was the out? Like, are you still outraged that, like like, the Democratic Party tried to prevent Lincoln from abolishing slavery? No, you're not, because it was a fucking long goddamn time ago. People change, things change, everything changes. Like, so fuck off with this shit. If you want to be outraged about something in the moment, great. If you're going to dig back into everybody's library full of shit, like, really go back. I mean, fuck. Richard Pryor was doing this shit, you know. Uh, Mitch yeah. Hedberg. Um, I mean, there was a ton of comedians All who were. All of them and everyone. Insulting res- every race across the board equally. And nobody gives a shit. Right. So... This story died relatively quickly, I thought, where it was just like, oh, all right, cool. You were the first one to call it out, though. You were just like, I remember that. It was like That's seven or eight years ago. I looked it up, and I was like, yeah, you're right. You can tell by the way they look. But the, the thing of, of that, it, or my response to maybe people didn't see it, is like what we're doing now is like going to like high school girls' prom photos yeah. and putting Oof. that up and being outraged about that. We're putting pictures of a group of guys from high school doing high hill i mean what do you mean maybe they didn't see it yeah you guys dig up everything so that we can see it yeah 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 so that was just your bad i guess that long ago or it's just what everyone says which is 
things were different and now they're not. You, so you let's know the weird thing is move is like, on accordingly. Uh, what, what I got out of that video was you had the four four of the five greatest comedians. Mm-hmm. Chappelle was the only one that was not there. Right. Um, you had four of the five greatest comedians just talking about life and shit and everything else. And it's like we got a glimpse into their lives of what they talk about on a daily basis. And that was what was so interesting about the documentary and the other thing and where that clip was from. I just fucking ruined it, man, mm-hmm. where it was just like, that was just four best friends chatting about life. Well, They're comedians. Races. Right. Exactly. And that's not only, but different. not only comedians, but like who would made it, who were rich and whatever. Yes. And it's just like, Hey man, yes. if you think Chris Rock doesn't know, even then that he's rich enough to go to a, Kids go to an all the, the nicest all white school mm-hmm. in New York. Like he knows, he knows all of everybody knows. Like fuck off about that. Um. So I, I don't know. Either way, we're here on Christmas Day. James. How is your Christmas going? Uh, swimmingly. Swimmingly. How's yours? Good. It was frowned upon the little game that I wanted to play, which were, I like to. If you're having a Christmas, a family Christmas where everyone is sure. blood related, yeah, 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 I like to put mistletoe everywhere. Ah, and nobody thought. No, that was funny. No, 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 and no. I mean everywhere. Oh yeah, you can't turn one place no. without having to kiss no. a blood relative on yeah. the mouth. Oh yeah, with tongue. Yeah, so that's, that's what we do in this and household. And I thought so, this is fun. You know, I love mistletoe. No, who doesn't? Who and doesn't? it just does. Just didn't work out. Weird thing is, so Christmas falls on a Tuesday this year. Yeah, um, a lot of people have drives. We were in between of like, do we do? Because we have shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Do we do a show now? Because whatever. And you were like, yes. Yes, we you do, do a, show. a show. People are driving home tomorrow. And we got to do a show. You just always so we do were, a we show. We are literally doing it on Christmas Day, hours yeah. before this comes out. So Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you for listening to We Hope This Helps Your Drive to wherever you guys are going tomorrow or whatever families you hate or love that you're leaving from. Because let's right. face it, there's a lot of both out there. Ooh. A lot of both. Please. And three, we did a show last week where I answered, tried to, everybody's questions who had wrote in about everything. There's a lot of questions for you. There's a lot of questions for me. I, man, I think I went through about 100 of them and I was nowhere near close. So I said, look, we'll finish it this week. And we'll do all of the honest answers and give you everything you ever wanted to know. Uh, so we're going to finish that today and uh, give you the honest answers about all of this shit uh, in the world and everything else that's going on. Whatever you wanted to ask. Good, bad, or ugly, we're going to answer it. Uh, first, we got some sponsors, though, who put on this whole fucking dance, little song and dance to be on the air. First off, BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, for, I, I, I want to go across the board here and say BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, strikeforceenergy.com, straightrazors.com, ghostbed forward slash drinking bros, uh, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Everybody has posted gifts from all of our sponsors this morning, led by Iron, the Van and Ham 2020 shirts. That thing really blew up. Everybody's there, and everybody's like, yo, man, it's one of those things, too, where it's Christmas and. You know, you look at these pictures on social media and you're like, shit, can I still get that? Yes, you can. So if you want that Van and Ham 2020 shirt, we did a limited run. I think maybe two or 300 or whatever. I Almost all of them are sold out. But I, I believe there's like, I don't know, 20 or 30 left if you want to go and get them of certain sizes. 
So go to ledbyiron.com and buy those. Promo code uh, REVOLUTION for 20% off. If you want a Vanden, Gene Vandenham 2020 t-shirt on ledbyiron.com. Uh, those turned out fantastic. I got one, one uh, my dad one for Christmas. I'm stoked. Um, so that was great. Uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com we got for for Christmas as well. Mm-hmm. We got mugs. Mm-hmm. We got the whole, the the what were the coasters? We got the coasters. Yep. You, the stone coasters. Yes. The doodle. We got a doodle do. Yeah. The doodle do. The, uh, what was the, the, the drinks? The tumblers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, you awake today? It's Christmas. Yeah. All right. Are All you right. sober? No, no. Not even close. Are you okay. kidding me? It's two o'clock. <laughs> okay. Who would be? I probably haven't been sober okay. since noon. Okay. We'll see how that show goes. I haven't even been sober since noon. But uh, yeah, Black Rifle Coffee. We got a bunch of stuff from them. Promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off there. Um, Strike Force Energy. Promo code 20% off. Revolution at strikeforceenergy.com. Everybody was posting pictures of the, the, the 10 packs that they got in their stockings. Um, and it was great. Straightrazors.com. Everybody was posting pictures of, of stuff from straightrazors.com. Promo code REVOLUTION20% off. And, and everybody was, was hashtagging it with you like it. <laughs> you like it. Yeah. So at the top, and then, and then the books. When darkness falls, he doesn't catch it. And at and, and night she cries while he rides his steed. Both on sale. Um, there will be after Christmas sales. So look, we're grateful for all of our sponsors. Everybody who bought sponsors on Christmas uh, I'm not going to go into the, the usual spiel about them because it is Christmas Day. Right. And uh, I doubt, I don't even know if anybody's going to be listening to this episode. I don't. And that's what makes it fun. I know. We can do whatever we, we want. We can do whatever we want and say whatever we want. But we wanted to say this. We are grateful for each and every single sponsor. And uh, we're grateful for all the all the pictures you took of you guys buying the sponsors for, for gifts. Ghost bed. Dude, how many photos of... People on mattresses and shit. We were just like, it's amazing. Um, and it's the best bed ever. And we got some for relatives and things like that for Christmas. Like, everybody's raved about those. Like, we were not lying about any of the products in the show, thankfully. And uh, we wouldn't do them if, if, if you guys didn't genuinely like them. And it is Christmas. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to run through these uh, promo codes real quick in the sponsors. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Revolution. 20% off. Strikeforceenergy.com, Revolution, 20% off. That's good every time. Straightrazors.com, promo code Revolution, 20% off. Ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. That's just the landing page, and that's you know massive deals of like $500 off and shit like that. Um, and I believe the promo code is just drinking bros, uh, the sister show for for all of that shit as well. And uh, and we're just super grateful to them and uh, and everybody who's buying buying them. For Christmas. Um, so now okay. we're going to get to the rest of your questions because we didn't get to finish the other day. So this will be part two. Jables. Okay. Jables. Um, all right. So this is from uh, Enar. That's a weird name. Okay. E-I-N-A-R Stour. There's like a, a line through the O. So that, that could be Swiss. I don't know. Here we go. Enar Stour. Okay. How do I become an actor and what do I expect at first? Uh, first and foremost, you need to move to Los Angeles. And that, that is a, a day one fucking thing. Sorry to say, 
It's going to be hard. You're going to have to live yeah. in a studio apartment or whatever you need to do. If you want to be a stage actor or perform in your local community, that's easy to do. You can just look up shit and you're fine across the board. If you're trying to be a movie star or a television star, you've got to move to Los Angeles. All of the agents are there. All of the casting directors are there. And, and look, I know what a lot of people are saying now. Like, Georgia's got a lot of productions. Yes, they do. But it's a lot of guest spots. Like, you know. They're flying people from L.A. for the real. Correct. Shit. For the big roles. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, you can get a three lines on a show or whatever. But it's the amount of effort you'll be putting into that. The financial reward will never be worth it. And uh, I am sorry to say. And a lot of the people who are taking these Georgia jobs are L.A. actors who have moved yeah. to Georgia. Yep. They've got reels. They've got agents, all that other shit. Like the transition has been easy. Yeah, resume. Yeah. Yes. You've got to move to L.A. What to expect at first? Rejection. Over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, it will be relentless. And look, it's like trying any crazy profession in this world. Be it a, mu- a musician or an actor or you know, owning your own company, like it's going to be a million miles worth of rejection. And then someone will say yes. And your life will change. Yeah. Um, And the thing about acting too, is that is not like a musician is the only way to practice is with an audience. Yeah. So you can't just, I mean, you can practice monologues and things like that, but you will never really, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you can't just um, riff on a guitar. Like you really have to be with another scene partner. You have to be on yep. stage. You have to have someone else there giving you feedback. So you have to do it, learn by doing. And Man. it's double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's and tough. it depends on how. But if you want it bad enough and you want to be a film or television star, you have to move to Los Angeles. After that, look, after you've made it or done a certain amount of shit, you can live wherever you want. But uh, for the first, you know, five, ten years of that grind, dude, it's got to be L.A. and there's no looking back. And I will say, and uh, this is kind of a Bourdain, but he said this in his book of cooks, it depends on how old you are. So if you are 35, you are, it is more, it is, it is going to be a really uphill battle. Yeah, and that's because just something that already, needs to be told. To and, you. And, and the and the reason why is is let's say you move to LA at thirty five, you're already in the dad roles. Yep. So you've already cut your roles in half of what you can get. So you're kind of fucked at that point. Mm-hmm. So you should do it while you're young, and you know, no kids, no anything else. Because if you move to LA with kids and everything else, and you're trying Oof. to support your family off of acting, it's not going to happen, and uh, it's going to make your life miserable, your kids miserable, the family miserable, like. I knew going in full well of I've got to be single. This has got to be selfish. It's got to be about me. And that's it. And that's the only way to succeed. Uh, decided a long, long, long time ago that I was going to have get married and have kids late in life. It's exactly what happened. Because you have to be selfish toward your career and your craft. Uh, and that's, that's kind of it. Um, I hope that's not too brutal. But it's the truth, and look, I, we've had many sh- friends on the show who've made it, and vice versa, and everything else. All of it, all anything in life is possible, but you've got to sacrifice a lot. Uh, next question, Ian Gilfillan. Man, these are crazy names. And you, you might ask, Ross, why is the name Ian so crazy? I A I N I A I N. Yeah. E I N. 
Ian. 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 Uh, and then Gilfilan is G I L F I L L A N. I butchered your name, and I'm I'm super sorry. Are you deep down secretly a Chad, bro? Come you? on, yeah yeah, 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 you are. Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, he is a fraternity. I was in a fraternity. I did the whole shit. Um, I'll, I will fight people. All of it. Anywhere you want. All of it. Everything you think. A restaurant in front of my family, mm-hmm. no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I will chug a beer. I will do a shot. I will do a keg stand in the most inappropriate places. Like, yes. Yeah. And it's not, I don't even, I don't even know if it's secret, but yeah. <laughs> he loves Coldplay. Dave Matthews. It, it, here's the thing. Come love, on, people. Coconut water. I he love is partying. I just right. love partying. You like happy party stuff. Yeah. I don't like Chad-like. sad, depressing. Like I was never an emo growing up. I didn't have the makeup. I didn't shop it. What's the story? Hot Topic. Yeah. I, I never did any of that shit. Um, I wanted a fucking party, lift weights, and, you know, be rad. And that was... <laughs> oh, God. You're welcome. Okay. So, yeah, I can admit it. Okay. I, I, I can admit it. Um, <laughs> so, I, I said this, this, was an, this was a question from the last show, but I'm going to ask you since you're here. We all know you love Wilmington Brewery. Um what are some of your other favorite craft brews and breweries? This is from Aaron Chesney's. What's the one from uh, Ventura that you love? Oh, Topa Topa. There we go. Tell, tell the people about that. So Topa Topa is, um, I don't know, it's a brewery in Ventura. And they are taking over in the same way that Wilmington Brew is, where they started off really small. Um, they had a small brewery and it just blew up and now they have tasting rooms everywhere and the, they have good beer. You've been there. Yeah. Right. So it's like the same deal. It's, it's, um, you know, food trucks outside and you can't get a seat. But how long has it been open? Probably the same as Wilmington brew. Maybe four years. Yeah. Maybe a year less. Okay. Um, cause yeah, a year less than Wilmington brew. Um, but yeah, they're killing it. And killing it in Ventura is like, that's hard. It is because the property in California, real estate is really expensive. Yeah. So, or if they're renting, like their fucking rent is crazy there. You can take my word on that. Justin Marver, any updates on Matt's book and any plans to tour with When Darkness Falls? Great question. Yes, uh, Matt's book has cleared the Department of Defense. We are in the final notes now. Um, the publisher uh, said we're looking at a July 4th release date. So that'd be cool. Be rad. Um, (laughs) So yeah, look, I got the final notes back from the publisher. Uh, You know, obviously after it's sitting at the DOD for 17 months, some of the jokes need to change and, you know, updated and that type of shit. But uh, yeah, it's looking like July 4th. And then am I touring with Matt and when when darkness falls, uh, I will be at at some of Matt's events um, touring with him. Uh, a handful of cities We'll probably do live shows there mm-hmm. um, But when darkness falls No I At that point It'll be Nine months after that came out Like yeah. it's, it's too late I, I, I'll, I should be already Either finished Or knee deep In the In the third book Of Of uh, When darkness falls He doesn't catch it But uh, I can tell you What the title is Oh we can Yeah why not Okay drop it Yeah Drop it As the sun rises 
it dawns on him. <laughs> and that's a nice double entendre, but that's the name of the third book. And that gets uh, that gets cranked up here in about two weeks. So um, we're super stoked about that. Um, <laughs> this is a question I saved for you, Jesse. Oh, okay. Because I already answered it about you. Um, oh. What's the most annoying thing that Jesse does and vice versa? I already answered yours. And What'd you know you what you say? It, the How I drink? Yep, yep. <laughs> I have two. I have a twofold. Is that okay? About me? Yeah. Oh, great. What are they? You brush your teeth. With, oh yes, with, with, with your reckless mouth. abandon. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. mouth literally. You will. I mean, wide, wide open. Yeah. Every time you brush your teeth, <laughs> there is toothpaste. I'm saying mirror, floor, sink, yep. counter. Anyone that's bunked with him in any capacity, knows this is true. And then the second one is you're sneezing. <laughs> I sneeze really loud. Really loud. Like every, t- if your child, your newborn yeah, is in yeah. the room when you sneeze, it scares him to the point of crying. <laughs> and it just kind I'm of, a loud these are, there are two things yeah. that, that kind of seem like, can't you change that? No. No, no, I can't. Nothing okay. I can do about it. Uh, hashtag God's plan. God's plan. But that's same with the water. Jesse. No, it's all very you know? surface stuff, right? Yeah. Same with the water. Uh, this next one's for you. This is uh, Marie Luyenga. That's oh. a nice name. What up, Marie? What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? Jesse, are you interested in writing a book about being a working mom? I would love to read it. Uh, I would love to hear you making fun of the psycho. Type A moms. Um, would it be fun? Would I have a lot to say on the subject? Yes. Can I write a book? No. It's hard, right? Yeah, it's hard, uh, and I'm 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 not a writer. If I had someone to ghostwrite it, possibly. Would you? Ghost- I don't after know after anybody. I bitch, after I yeah, fuck off. I, I, after I bitch about how much like ghostwriting and shit that I've done, you wouldn't do it. You'd give me the credit. Yeah, no, I don't think I would, for sure, I would not be like, it would be a, a, a part co-wrote. I mean, how would you even, how would you write it so that it's def, or how would you, how would you say it on the book so that it's definitely not so now, me saying. now they say whoever the person is, so let's say it was your book, like yeah. Matt, like Matt's is going to okay. say Matt Best with Ross Patterson, because oh, I helped okay. him write it. So it'd be Jesse Wiseman with Ross Patterson. Right. Um, um, by the way, your real last name is Patterson, but. You you were an actor and you went by Wiseman for so long that yeah just, I kind of change it on paper and I think that's what a lot of actors or people yeah. that have their name yeah. out there not that mine's really out there but it's out there enough that if you hyphenate it or you change it people are like come on yeah you aren't your own person <laughs> anyways but I did want to say about the type A moms it's kind of funny that there's a new sort of humble brag and it's in the mom world. Where where they'll like show a a cookie that's like messed up <laughs> and it's like, oh, fail, just tried to make homemade cookies with the kids, <laughs> made such a mess. It's it's a messy life, but it's ours. Like this whole kind of like, yeah, yeah, whoops, yeah, yeah. that time when you're carving pumpkins with your four children and you get seeds everywhere. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a mess. You know, and it's like. This humble brag thing, and it's cropping up everywhere. You guys are going to notice it now. So anyway, (laughs) 
oh, it's a messy life, but it's ours. Oh. And we love it. <laughs> oh, boy. Who got into the homemade cookies? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this next one's from Walter. Arajo. Man, these are these are tough names. Gosh, can we get a can we get a Brad Smith over yeah. here or what? <laughs> this is A R A U It's okay. It's whatever. Does Jables want or have any plans for new future projects? Do I want uh yes. I would love to have some sort of dramatic movie in the works, but I think the you like it and everything that I've said on this podcast has pretty much taken me out of the running of anything to fine. do with the independent fine. world. Nah, you're fine. They're not going to know, nor do they care. I would love a. I, that's my the. You I know, would, besides I would have podcast, set a cooking show for you, oh like a traveling God, cooking, I mean, like a like a like a Guy Fieri, you know. The three plunger? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, a guy Fieri, you say over over a Bourdain, huh? Yes, Bo- I think Bourdain is too serious. Where I don't. Yeah, I, I would definitely I want to joke around. Being fun with it, where it's yeah. like Bourdain was just like, I hate the food here. I hate your life. It's I need true. A it's true. I want to go back to my room and hang myself with a Malbec. Yep. They're just like, whoa. Yep. I think I want his zero point zero production, and then I want to make it. Yeah, more fun. Yeah, so I want his like crew. And the, the weird thing is, <laughs> and like, his cinematographer, you'd be great at it. I mean, really, really great at it. I would love it. Um, you'd gain probably two hundred pounds, but that would be the beauty of it. The people would love it, yeah. you know, because you don't want yeah. I, it. Would be too intimidating to have my gorgeous <laughs> body and face up there. Yeah, people wouldn't watch it. No, you no, gotta wouldn't. have some weight on you for everyone to yeah. um, relate. Few lbs, just a walk, a couple of walking around lbs. Yeah, no bigs. No, but I would love that. I guess it just seems so out of the realm that I don't even say that. But Nothing you know that would really be really impossible. Dream. That's the thing is like I I don't want to write off anything. The only things that I write off in this life are age related projects where you're like, oh, all right, yeah, cool. I can't play that person. Or yeah, like yet. I wrote a really cool college movie fucking ten years ago. I can't do that. We'll have to recast it unless exactly. we make it funny and we or make I'm them the all. fucking dad <laughs> or the fucking house dad, where it's just like, hey, right, hey, yeah, um, John Joseph Karsk. I uh, would like to know, would you ever eat a family member in a survival situation? Jesus. That's a good question. No, I can't really? picture. I cannot picture. Not, you know, so for, okay, for me, not immediate, but anybody else, yeah, they're fair game. I wouldn't care. Not immediate family, but yeah, anyone else, if, you if, would. If it wasn't somebody that I didn't see every day, I could definitely eat them and be like, all right, fuck it. Sorry, Bill. You know? You know, people get confused about looking for food first because the environment, you got to look around you. The environment's going to kill you way before starvation will, okay? So you've really <laughs> got to get your bearings. You've got to look around you. You've got to figure out what's going to kill you, how to protect yourself from the elements before you even think about taking a bite of dad. You know what I mean? I couldn't eat my parents. I don't think I could eat anyone, but I guess you never know. You never know what happens when it gets to that nth hour. But it it, it would take a long time to even get to the point where you would need to do that. I, I couldn't eat my parents. I'd be proud to eat you, though. Like if you died and be like that, then you were a part of me. You know? All right. 
Is that weird? Yep. We're going to move on. <laughs> Don't come at me with any more fucking questions like that because I... No, I'm just joking. Uh, what was the movie? Is it Alive? Alive, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I could. Mm-mm. I'd be okay. Like, all right. I love you. If I was going to eat anybody, it would be you. I think you should Why? be honored by that. What if it was another girl that was dead in the plane? And I was just like, oh, I decided to eat her first. You'd be like, dude, you didn't want to eat me first? Gosh, that's such a, there's a lot of layers to that that no, I can't. It's no, Christmas. No. You know, I'm yeah, not really. I'm in the, it's I the really spirit. I don't know if I want to go love. down love. that road. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm eating you out what of love. What part do you eat? I know exactly what part I eat. Leg? No, right between the ass cheek, like right where the ass cheek and the, the, the leg starts. <laughs> like the, th- like oh, the. Oh, God. Yeah. That that, turning, uh, that hamstring area. Dumber. Yeah. It's a nice party, you Jabes. That's the part I'm going with first. You're welcome. It's Christmas. I've had a few drinks. Okay. Buckle up. Buckle up. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, this next question is for Zach Brenner. Uh, Ross Patterson is a fellow Buckeye fan. What are your thoughts on Haskins? Does he stay? Does he go? Why? Interested to hear your thoughts, especially with, with Urban retiring. Glad I got to this right before New Year's because uh, we were playing... Uh, in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. So this question is going to be answered here in six days. Here's the answer with this. Yes, Haskins leaves. He will be a first-round pick. Um, he just got moved up to number one on Mel Kuyper's big board. He will be the first quarterback taken, so he is gone. The other thing about this, spread is 6.5 on mybookie.com, which is uh, our sponsor on Drinking Bros Sports, our sister show. I've bet in the house on this. My last game of the year, I've been Ohio State all, all year. It's six and a half. Urban Meyer, his dream was to win the Rose Bowl. He's never even played in it. The fact that that is his last game, they're going all out. I imagine Haskins throwing five touchdowns because it's his last game. Urban's going to win the Rose Bowl, and they're going to walk off the field hand in hand. It's going to be the Ohio State dream situation. There couldn't be a better game to, to retire on, To I mean, besides the national championship. Uh, to retire in the Rose Bowl, to win the Rose Bowl, to go out champions, uh, to go to the first round of the NFL draft. It's great. Um, the one hitch in this whole giddy up here that you didn't ask is uh, the, our, our backup quarterback. It was a guy named Tate Martell. There's a story about, not a story, but a documentary about him on uh, Netflix called QB1. He was the number one high school prospect in the entire nation for 2017. He was supposed to take over next year. There's a guy named Justin Fields who goes to University of Georgia, who was the number one prospect of 2018, who said, I want to transfer. All of my sources are telling me he is going to transfer to the Ohio State University with our new head coach, Ryan Day. This is the shocker. I think Justin Fields, uh, the day after Georgia's bowl game, comes to Ohio State. I think he's our quarterback, and I think he starts next year and absolutely dominates in that new system under Ryan Day, and uh, it's going to be destruction. It's a lot to digest, but uh, those are my thoughts, feelings, and whatnot. So, you're welcome for that inside tip of what I just gave you. Um, CJ Wolbers. So, it just happens I do know a Greg. Oh, told you. He happens to be my father. Okay. So, you were right. Everyone has a Greg in their life. I really want him to rake his Christmas presents. And I can't put my finger on what to get. Question is, what should I get him for Christmas? Well, problem is, we're doing this on Christmas. 
But I would have to imagine that you're probably late getting your dad a gift. What would you have suggested? Besides the straight razor kit? A clean cut? <laughs> Something smooth, James? Something smooth, maybe? Yeah. I mean, he really set you up for that, and you just dropped the ball. We already did sponsors. Do it. Um, give him what he wants. I would probably give him a clean cut. Smooth. And make sure he rikes it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Man, people turned it off. All there. right. You're welcome. Moving CJ, on. CJ, you knew what you were getting with that answer. You knew it and you got it. Um, sorry, it was a few days late. Uh, Gino Bento. There we go. There's an, e- there's an easy one. There we are. Hey, Gino Bento. Gino Bento bucks. Uh, why is it that Asians always stand next to you at a urinal when there are a hundred free ones? That is a, a fucking great question. That just happened to me two nights ago. And I was like, what the fuck, bro? The other part of that is also if, like I was, I was at the gym on the treadmill and there was like 50 treadmills in the gym. I was the only one in there day before Christmas or two days before Christmas, whatever, right? Nobody's in the gym. Everybody's waiting to go after the new year for their new year's resolution. One Asian comes in and just gets on the treadmill next to me. And I'm on it for an hour. And I look over and he types in for an hour. And I'm like, motherfucker, I, I was only two minutes in. So I had, to, I had to fucking rate, you know, run next to this Asian for 58 minutes for no reason. I don't know. Is that a closest thing in the culture? Um, first of all, they have blatant disregard for anything around them. They are completely <laughs> unaware. If you notice, they just walk around with either big hats covering their eyes, blinders like a horse, <laughs> masks on. They have no spatial awareness. And then the other thing, culturally, I feel like they probably get packed in, right? Yeah. So you got to move, move to the end, Yeah. move to the end and make room for more because they get packed in like little sardines everywhere they go, Uh, but mostly blatant disregard for anything else around them. There you go. There you go. James, I knew you'd come through with that. Uh, Jonathan Brown, you've touched on it on the podcast, but where do you see your careers in five to 10 years? Keep the podcast, more books and movies, arrange the perfect murder of a random person. What would you be doing in a perfect world? That's great, Jonathan. Um, so I, I, I said this a little bit on the, I touched on this a little bit on the last episode when I was answering these questions. And you can answer more about this because I'll, I'll expand it to you. What I love about doing podcasts, especially every day, which we do it, you know, me personally, I do, I do six of these a week. Mm-hmm. I love acting. My favorite part of acting in particular was comedy. They're not making comedic films anymore. They're really hard to finance and all that shit. What I love about a podcast is the same thing I loved doing about, loved about doing comedic movies was this. I got a chance to improv and, and do shit every single day, right? But when you do a movie, you only have a handful of scenes Total, what, you know, I was doing two to three movies a year. You're, you're doing about 21 total, 21, 30 total days of acting. Unless you're in a movie like Accepted or The New Guy or whatever, but they don't let you improv a lot in that shit. So, like, when it became my own, my own production company, um, I would improv in all of my scripts. But the shorts, the, the shoots were short. Therefore, I was only improving and doing shit like that, again, 20 to 30 days out of the year. It's not enough time. There's 365 days out of the year. What I, what I told the audience I loved about doing podcasts was like, I don't know what's going to happen every day. 
I don't know what these stories are. I don't know what you were, you and I are going to say. We write, uh, you know, some bullet points and things like that, but like we don't always get to them. But are you saying you want to be doing podcasts? Yes, in five years? because okay. it, it is surprisingly one of the only things that is challenging on a day in and day out basis where I, I get to have fun and improv and just talk about funny shit that like I, I wouldn't get to do that in a script. So with a script, you know, I, I typically, and this, I mean, look, fuck, fuck, I'll go real deep in this, but like a, a script, you usually know two, three months in advance when you get a movie and then you have two or three months to prepare. I've always had a coach. Her name is Crystal Carson. I've had her for close to 20 years. My thing is getting the words down in the scripts, word for word, so that I know it backwards and forwards, inside and out. When I get to a set, I don't need the script anymore. I really don't care what scenes we're shooting that day. I already know the words. Therefore, that allows me to improv and do whatever I want because I feel in a safe zone to go back to the words and at least get us back into the scene and help the other actors. With a podcast, it is fucking two hours or an hour and a half of just improv and I don't know where it's going every single day. Therefore, it, for whatever reason, we're on, you know, we just passed episode 300. We've done 350 episodes of Drinking Bros. It is fresh and fun every single day. And every single day I put on these headphones, I have no idea what's going to happen. And I, I love that. So in five or 10 years, I hope to be doing this, to be honest with you, because there, there hasn't been a lot of other things that are this challenging where I'm like, Great. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen today. And I think that's what, what keeps a job fun and fresh where you're just like, man, I have, I have no idea who we're going to interview, talk to. Like, I got a call about Post Malone yesterday. Like, right. I love it, man. I, and I, it, I never would have thought it was possible for something to be as high up or ranking as acting was. But uh, for this, podcasting is to me this where it's just like, I don't know what's going to go on in every day. And that's great. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. And I definitely, well, you know, my love of podcasts. So I do, but you, part, you also love to listen to podcasts. So like, I, didn't I just know, love the, you know? no, I just love the whole genre ever. Like and doing from it. the pretty much the beginning I've been listening to it. I love doing it. I just like the truth in it. So I love hearing people be real. And I like being real myself. It's the last place where people can say whatever they want right. and, and be real people and have a real connection. And we don't have to, you know, and even the sponsors, we can choose spo sponsors that we like. Yeah. That we can like genuinely yeah, say. Because there's sponsors we've turned we down. We love them. Like, yeah. Because we don't, we know that you guys can tell when we're being fake because we've been real the whole time. And I guess I love that. That's why I've. That's why I loved acting. So you were saying you like comedic and improv, but I liked acting because you can't. You, I don't think you can fake it. The kind of acting that I like, right? And dramatic acting and like close camera, you know, film acting. You can't lie. You can't fake it, right? People can. If you're tell. good, yeah. If you're People good. can tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. The the second part of this: more books and more movies. Yes. Uh, look, Matt's book comes out uh, July 4th. Uh, obviously, I helped him write that. The new book for uh, the, the St. James Street James series will come out after that. I love writing books. Um, I have an end date and all of that stuff in mind for those books. So there will be three more of those. 
arrange the perfect murder of a random person? I'd love to. I don't know that I'd be able to tell you. Would I? No. Really? I don't want to actually murder people. I want to hear about other people being murdered. But I I, also... If I did, would you keep it, you know... Yeah, I'd be your fleet white for sure, and I always will. But... The other, I wanted to say something else is I'd like to be doing more live shows in like five years. Ah. So I'd like to be, and hopefully I'll be in a place and probably so will you and things will be more calmed down. But I would love to have a a more live show where we go out and for a lot of the time, a lot of the time we're hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Cause I, I do that already. You you don't get a taste to that, but uh, yeah, I, we talk about it all the time. We've, we've I want to be doing do theaters for sure. for sure. It'd be great, small or large, yeah. whatever. But I want to do theaters and like hang absolutely. Out. So yeah. to because to, your last question of of what you'd be doing in a perfect world, this is actually it, Jonathan. It's just expanding it. So right. you know, having more money, more productions, somebody who understands Google, that type of shit, and uh, that's that's about it. Maybe a producer, huh? Um, mm-hmm. Just who could look up things. That's about it. Uh, Donovan Laverty, do you think Cardi B will take back Offset? Yes, I do at some point. Um, And there's a weird reason behind it. When you get to be this famous as Cardi B are in Offset, and then you start going back to fucking hood rats and all that other shit, they're taking weird pictures of you, selling shit, when you get to be that famous, you can only date somebody that famous or it doesn't work. Uh, if you're doing something with somebody who is non-famous and all, all that other shit, and you guys come up together and make it together, great. That's rad. And then you can you know, move on with your life and blah, blah, blah. This you can't go back to, um, especially Cardi B and Offset. I mean, they would just be dating strippers at this point on both ends. Yeah. You're just like, yo, uh, yes, th- eventually they will be back together. There's no way. There's no way. Or he'll be in prison for something. Yeah. That's the um, other option. And, the, and, the, and I'm not even saying that as like a racial thing. I, I think he got popped for uh, something and he's going on trial. So like, I, like guns or drugs or something like that. So I, who knows? But uh, if he goes to prison, then I'll say no. If he doesn't, then I'll say, I'll say yeah, they will. Um, Zach Zabrowski. How do I become you? Well, <laughs> grab a piece of marble and start chiseling. I'm kidding. Um, not specifically looks, big dick, and charisma, but how do I insert myself in you and become Ross Patterson in St. James Street, James? Silence of the Lambs, skin suit style, or Rick and Morty miniaturized spaceship style. Uh, look, I, I think you'd have to go Rick and Morty on that one, you know? Uh, maybe a little injection there. Just live inside my body at that point. Um, I don't think you could skin suit style like that's obviously I'm going to die and that's too much, but yeah. uh, a little tiny spaceship would probably be your best bet on that one. You know, what movie was that? Uh, it was your favorite. Come on. It was your guy. It was Rick Moranis brother. Oh, I thought it was Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. So Quaid was inside Moranis. I think so. Right. Wasn't that it? And what was it called? Honey, I shrunk the. No, no. Nope. No, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Move on. I'll find out. Uh, R.L. Heartland. Big fan of that name on Facebook. Jorts and their place in society. Go. This is a great one. Uh, jorts and their place in society. Dallas Cowboys fans. Um, huge jorts community. 
a lot of white sneakers, a lot of jorts, a lot of jerseys. Dallas Cowboy fans specifically. Country music concerts. Jorts. Walmart. Big, 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 big jorts community there. Like all the way around. Mm -hmm. And they have so many variations of jorts at, at a Walmart that it would shock and alter your mind. Um, in real life, like, are you asking me if I wear jorts? No, I don't. Uh, not in a million years. Uh, I haven't. And I don't believe I have ever worn jorts my entire life, jean shorts. Just, it was never a thing. I never got into it. And I know what you're saying. Oh, man, we were that cool. We too for, cool for school. No, I, I wasn't. Because I remember wearing, like, hammer pants in, like, 7th or 8th grade. So, I wasn't above it it's just uh that was the one thing i never went to i wore jorts once i was at a uh baseball game in uh it was the braves and san francisco giants san francisco is always known as like the coldest you know city in the in the summer jabes you know where it's just like ah, it'll be freezing so i wore these jeans and a shirt i get there we're in center field um, great, great seats, great day, um, afternoon game, gorgeous, hot as fuck. And I couldn't believe it. And it was playoffs. It was in the fall. I was like, yo, man, it is like fucking 88 degrees here. I don't have a choice. So I took, uh, somebody had a, uh, Swiss army knife and I took the, the scissors out of it and just fucking cut off my jeans into shorts and just called it a day. And I was wearing jorts in the outfield. Yeah, that's the I think it's the first and only time first and only time I've worn jorts and that's their place in society. I don't think they should have one, Um, but if they do, you know who they're for. I like them when they're a little bit when they're almost pants. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I like a shant. Yeah. Jort. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Is it inner space? Yeah, 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 yeah. Inner space? Yes, it is. Okay, okay, it okay. is. Was it Moranis? No, it was Short. Oh, uh, same person. M. Short. That, that's who you love. You love Martin Short and I Moranis. Oh, my God. Both of them. You're gigantic oh. fans. So. Oh. Um, Ian Kazuba. Oh, dude. Do you want me to, Ross, you want me to keep sending you a case of Zima every year? I'd love it. That would be great. I love Thank it. you. I enjoy the Zima. It's, uh, it's still stocked up in the fridge. I've had six today. Oh, I love Lord. it, Ian. Big, big fan. Big, big fan. Uh, Eric Hinckley, thoughts on Bob Lazor. You know who Bob Lazar is or Lazor? Man, I wish you had working internet because we could find that out. What? Who Bob Lazor is. Oh, we're going to find out and then talk about it? Uh, we're going we're gonna to find out who it is. Okay. Um, so, so Robert Scott's Bob Lazor, or Lazar, claims to have worked... On reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology at a site called S4 near, oh, near Area 51. This is exactly, exactly okay. what Homeboy said. Yes, okay. I, I, I 100%. I, I didn't know his name. Uh, and I didn't know there was a guy that was um, associated with him. But yes, I, I do believe in this, actually. Uh, you don't, but no. I do. No. And uh, like I've told the audience numerous times, I have... Actual confirmation that this exists. Sure. I don't know the guy's name, so that's why I don't know who it is. But like, 
A hundred percent, Eric. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm with you on this. Okay. Jabes is nuts. Nope. She is nope. way down the fucking totem pole on this one. I don't have one. time. I don't have time. Uh, Doug McDaniel, what was your funniest on-set moment from FDR American Badass? Uh, it would have to be when uh, that kid took a shit in the vase. Um, Bruce McGill who is fantastic from Animal House and Rizzoli and Isles and every other movie in America. He's done 300 movies. Self-proclaimed, by the way, greatest character actor of all time. Oh, I love that. So do I. And uh, he was so, here was the funniest part. He was so grossed out on that scene that he, he had to excuse himself and ask when the close-ups were of that, so he didn't have to be in the shot to see that guy shit in the vase. Oh, my God. Yeah, so excuse me. And it was fake. It was fake shit, but... Oh, really? Yeah. It looked so real. looks really real. Mm. And, like, uh, Azra, uh, Azra Ali Abano did that. Um, she's my favorite, favorite art director of all time. She was so good, uh, this little Indian chick. And, and I knew she would get picked off, and she did. Literally, right after that movie, she got... Um, so good. She did Darnell Dawkins, FTR American Badass, and I believe Pool Boy. And um, she got picked off for Teen Wolf on MTV and then like every Spielberg movie there is. She was great. Uh, killed her work with Azra again, but she came up with that fake shit. It, it was so realistic looking. It grossed out Bruce McGill, and he had to go back to his trailer. And I've never laughed harder in my entire life. And I, I went back to the trailer and I, because Bruce is a funny guy, and I was like, are you kidding about this? And he goes, no, I'm, I'm really disgusted by this. And yeah, I think you should think about cutting that scene. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> Oh, Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Anyways. And then I called him to do Helen Keller versus Night Wolves. And he was like, I He's love you, like, Ross, but fuck off. I'm no, not doing that movie. <laughs> I'm not doing your shit anymore, but I do love you. Trey Wetzel. Uh, serious question. Will you officiate uh, our wedding for, to Vanessa Gutierrez? Yes, if you do it on the Drinking Bros cruise. Oh, there you go. There you go. We're, we are officiating one wedding on the Drinking Bros cruise. Make and it yes, a there is a cruise. Yeah, it's a carnival. It's four days. Might as well. I, we can marry multiple people. Boom. So, there yeah, you go. I'm totally down, Trey. Absolutely down, man. Um, come, You guys come on the cruise. It's out of Texas, which I believe you're in. Because you were at mm-hmm. Black Rifle the other day. So Yeah. It's out, it's out of Galveston. Goes down to a Cosmo. Fuck yeah, get married on the cruise. We're totally down. Um, James Farrell, if you guys could fist fight one on one, anyone in the world, past or present, who would you fight? James? Ooh. I don't know. Wait. I don't know. Do you have one? Yeah, but I have one every day, and they're always different. What's yours today? Today is somebody I can't name on air because I'm I'm in a legal sitch. But uh, how about someone like fa- famous or not famous or whatever, whatever? Um, well, again, every day it changes because there hasn't been a day in my life where I'm, I'm like, man, I wouldn't I, what I wouldn't give to fucking punch this dude in the face, like whoever it is. Um, like a lot of the times, it's Don Lemon. Okay. Uh, you know, Jake Tapper, somebody oh, like okay. that. Um, uh, even fucking Anderson Cooper, or so, like somebody like that. Somebody who's on TV was just like, is following a script so directly that it has nothing to do with their lives. They're just trying to rile up people. 
Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, man, you just need to get punched in the face. I think if you just got punched in the face live on TV, it would completely dehumanize you or whatever. Like where it's just like Rosie O'Donnell's one for me. Yeah. Um, I love it if you punched Alyssa Milano in the face. Oh, that would be good. Or Kathy Griffin. Like somebody like yeah, that where it's just like Kathy hey. Griffin. Somebody somebody in that realm where it's where it's just it's just constant bullshit out of their mouth every single day. Uh you know who's getting to be like that for me is Captain America. That guy. Uh, uh what's his fucking name, man? It was uh, Chris we, we just talked about this, yeah, because I was up against him for all he does is talk shit about the president every single day now, too, because he's done with playing Captain America. So oh, it's so like, he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have to worry about the studio anymore. Like, and these people just keep popping up in my personal feed where I'm just like, I, I hate you. Like, there's other people I, w- I wish you would punch in the face, like Jameel Hill or somebody like that. Right. It's like, very cool, we're good. But there's a lot, man. Every day it changes where I read something and I'm like, man, if you just got punched in the face, if you just got knocked down once, I think it would change your perspective on your life and everything you write or think about writing towards people. Because I think a lot of the things that are written on social media are cowards who are hiding behind a keyboard who've never been in a fight before. And if they actually got in a fight, I don't think they would write 99% of the shit they write knowing that the person on the other side is reading it and could just come and knock on their door and knock them the fuck out. Yeah. So that changes every day, but that's a great question. But it's a lot of people, man, surprisingly. Like, I think about it a lot, probably in an, un, in an unhealthy way. Uh, Mike Donahoe. This can be for uh, Jabes or you as well. What is your biggest regret? My biggest regret. I regret nothing. <laughs> Come on, man. No regrets, dude. No regrets ever? No regrets. Um, yeah. I mean, th- I mean, there's. A, what are my regrets? I think after um. That movie that I did that went to Sundance, not, not understanding that that was the one shot to really catapult, and kind of thinking that, oh, like, all right, this is how it's going to be now. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, I think I partied a lot in Sundance. Okay. And didn't really um, take like serious meetings or really try and network in a serious way. I just had like a really good time. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and not realizing that you get one shot to catapult. But I say no regrets because I'm, I'm good. Um, yeah. It's all about the journey. You know what I mean? No. Um, I like where I'm at now, so I don't I wouldn't want to go on a different path, but I think I I think I partied and had a good time. Gotcha. More than I should have. My regrets are movies I didn't get where it was down because there was But how can that be a regret of yours? <sighs> so that's not a regret. That's something you're sad about. So what's a regret that you have? No, like maybe I should have done something different. Um, Because there was a few where they were like, hey, can you do this differently? And I was like, no, this is the way this should be played. Okay, so being too stubborn probably or not not being flexible. Yeah, where where I, I had already had a director's mindset where I knew 
the the times I wasn't flexible in a room during a screen test were because I knew who the other actor was already cast was, and I knew that it would mesh well on screen with it. And I didn't. Well, here's what I didn't know: as I didn't understand, I didn't know that they, the producers, directors, casting director on the other side of the room, couldn't see inside my mind or understand why why this character would work better for the lead um, or the two leads that we were playing if I tweak this to this level. Um, one was a movie called Waiting. One was a, a movie called uh, Employee of the Month. Uh, man, I, there was a, a few of those where I just refused to tweak it. and Because mm. you thought you knew better. Yeah. Than they did. But there was, but there was another one that, because it had happened to me on another one, was, it was Blade Trinity, where I had done a table read with the director, and uh, I did it crazy and funny and all that other shit. And the, I, think the, I believe the writer-director was a guy named David Goyer, um, who's massive. It's on all the Batmans and all that shit now. But like, he goes, man, I did not write it like that. It, I didn't, it wasn't going to be that funny or whatever. And I was like, but what if you did? What if you had a, a guy who was hilarious but could also beat ass and all this other shit and you were paired up with Wesley Snipes who doesn't have much dialogue and all that other stuff? And I was like, what if you did? And I got to sit down and have like a one-on-one conversation with him. And he was just like, I, he was cool, man. And I, I don't have a bad word to say about him. He was just like, I don't know, man. That's just so hard for me to wrap my mind around. And then two weeks later, they made an offer to Ryan Reynolds. But how is that a regret of yours? Because I wish I would have sat with him longer and explained it in more thorough detail where I had something else going on that day. It was like a birthday party or something. I was eager to get out of the room or I wish I had spent more time. Um, so all of these regrets that I'm telling you about aren't like sadness. I wish I would ex- have explained myself better where I think... And some of these things that whatever, like the things that are going on, the thoughts inside my mind, I just didn't explain them good enough. And therefore, it, maybe if I would have, it would have gone a different direction, but I just didn't. Like sometimes, you know, when you can do something so easily or you see something so easily that you're just like, yeah, yeah, just do this and this and this. And the other person just can't understand it or figure it out. Mm-hmm. So you have to sit with them and walk through them, things like that. Like I never did that. Because I just assumed people would get it and people just didn't get it. So I wish I had taken more time. But you know me. I don't have a lot of patience already. No. So I think my lack of patience for this stuff was uh, the reason why I didn't give the proper explanation for X, you know. X, Y, and Z, whatever I was up for or, or, or things that were moving forward. And I wish I'd, I had taken more time with things and maybe slowed things down a little more and made an explanation. I, 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 was, wor- I was always worried about taking up people's time. And I, there's, there's certain moments in life where you can take up people's time, and I guess it's knowing that, and that's what I regret. Like, there's, there's bigger things that I was just like, man... Wish I would have sat down and had a more thoughtful conversation about this. Or it's just probably been, super deep, but or just been more flexible in the room. If they ask you to change it, just change it. There's two ways to look at that. 
So yes, you could have sat down and tried to explain your thing or if they ask you to tweak it, tweak it. There and is. See what would have happened then. But here's, here's, so there is something to be said for being actually flexible. It could get but, you a but, different But place. here's the difference. I didn't want to take up their time by asking them to explain what more flexible got it, means got it, got it. with no, flats. Okay. I understand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we were just like, dude. Like, I, what do you mean? Instead of just being like, well, this is how. Yeah, okay. And when you're with all these huge, massive people in a room, you feel like you're taking up their time. And it's just like, shit, I didn't get it right. When, truthfully, once I got to the other side of it, production-wise, the people who did take their time and came back and asked thoughtful questions where they, they said, hey, I wish I could do it like this or th- do it like this. And then they, they redid it. Right. Most of the time they got it. Yeah. And I was just like, shit, I, thanks, man, for sitting down. Because w- when you're in there, and this is what I didn't realize early on that I realized later, is you just want the people to be great and get it. So you, have the, 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 you can cast the people and get the fuck out of there. Where you're just like, man, that's the person and it's great and they get it and they're tapped in. I didn't, I don't think I asked enough questions because I was too worried about their time of like, oh shit, this person's super busy and I don't, you know, right? they'll just get it, right? Like they'll just get it and they mm-hmm. didn't uh, on certain projects. Others they did. Um, and it, look, there's only a handful of those, but uh, I, I'm one of those people who looks back on things like that in life and I'll still remember that forever because I dwell on fucking problems and I, uh, you might be the same way. Yeah. Like, I'll dwell on stupid shit where I'm just like, oh yeah, dumb, worthless, meaningless shit where you're just like, oh my God. And that'll haunt you forever. Um, and this, the, the, actually, this is a bunch of questions in a row. What's your, what's your proudest accomplishment so far? Um, my kids. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Mine's my, mine's my body, but I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> No. This show, you know, this show and and my kids. Um, besides, as dumb as that is. Yeah, besides my children, I would say the books because those are fucking writing a book is really, really goddamn hard. Um, more so than making a movie, man. And uh, the books are... I look at the books as building blocks of like, if I can get them stacked, if I write enough books that are higher than me, stacked higher than me, then congratulations man i really sat through a lot of patience and time and all that other shit whereas the movies is easier for me to make than than books so i would say my children and and books um if you can impart one lesson for your children what would it be be kind but know when to punch someone in the face when they know when they need it kind of thing okay you know? Yeah. Be kind, but stand, know how to stand up for yourself. These are like, those are the kind of men that I'm trying to raise. Right. So that's basically the main thing that I try and teach them. Socially, social intelligence, being kind, and standing up for yourself. Other than that, can you really control anything else? I mean, you can make no. them do their homework. You can make them do these things. But um, I think from a baby, you can hopefully. My biggest lesson that I can impart on my children would be that nine times out of ten, hard work in whatever field it is and, and drive 
will we'll get you through. Um, I don't know too many people who aren't extreme, extremely driven and work hard that have failed. Uh, I do know some, which is sad, and like you know, I can name a handful of them, but uh, for the most part, ninety nine percent of the people uh, who have drive and hard work, like usually get it done or some form of, of whatever dream they're trying to get accomplished done. And I think that's, that's my biggest part is, uh, is, is hard work and drive. Um, this is the last part of this question. Mike, Mike Donahoe really, or who really brought out the fucking questions here. Also, uh, you have to choose between having one of the two conditions for the rest of your life. Permanent Cheeto fingers or taste buds in your asshole? Permanent ching- Cheeto fingers. <laughs> Did you need to think? <laughs> no, no, no. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. There is a right answer to yeah, that one. Is. I wouldn't want to be stuffing things up my ass all day just to taste, you know? No, I think the idea is that you would taste everything that's coming out. No, I think you would, you would start putting things in to taste it. No, you have taste buds in your a hole. So whatever you eat, no, you eat normally. Nope, I think it's the other way. And around. And then you're tasting your shit. No, I think on the way I out think every it's the time. Other way around. No, where you're stuffing g- a burrito up your ass. Mm-mm. Yep, and that's, that's not that's it. That's the only way you can eat it. Nope, that's, that's not it, it, dude. Mike, write in. Uh, DM us. Let us know. You mean that you would just be tasting shit every time you take a <laughs> shit, right? Thank you. Uh, I know I'm right. This is Alex Lagostera. That's two L's. I don't know how to say that. We all know who Ross wants to play in a biopic. Obviously, it's Ric Flair. Who would Jables like to play? There's not that many cool... Women? Women. And that's true and unfortunate. Sure. Um, I kind of like Juliette Lewis. You want to play? She's a Scientologist. Is she? Yeah, yeah. I did a movie with her. Would that be an interesting story? She's cool, she's a man. Cool, she's crazy. Really cool. Both in real life, she's great. Person, she's awesome. Great actress. Yeah. Seems super cool and fun. She's has great. kind of an interesting story. Has been doing it since the dawn of yep. time. Um, she's an awesome person. It's just one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, man, you're a Scientologist. I think she was. Uh, I think she was raised in it. Probably because her dad, her, her dad is famous. So I think she was raised in it, which you kind of give them a pass. Right. Right. It's just sort of different. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I don't know from her band to her acting to just her whole shit. I think it'd be kind of cool. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. I'd have to think about cool women. You know, there's no cool woman like over your life that you've looked up to where you're just like, Hey, it's like a cool. Because like you take earlier, like it's obviously it's Christmas. So like my stepsister was just like, hey, I want to go to this fucking new kids concert. There wasn't anybody like. And I was like, who else is playing with new kids? And she said, De- Debbie Gibson and Mm-mm. Tiffany and some other people. No. You didn't have anybody like that growing up? No. And uh, no. Okay. My thing would be like somebody cool. That's just fucking rad like Stevie Nicks or something. <laughs> like doing her story, yes. Yeah, God, she fucking cool. uh, yeah, she was partying a, in the house with like Tom Petty and writing music over. She'd be a great one, actually. 
over like that other musician. They like lived in like an apartment building together with all those motherfuckers. And she would just go from room to room, fucking writing. Was she fucking all of them? I think so. I think that was the thing. Really? That was her thing. Yeah. Eh, Yeah. Hooking up with, you Ah, know, good for her, you know, but then still super talented to the point where it's like, it doesn't matter what she does. They're still going to want her on the album. Was she super talented or did she just have a great voice? Cause she didn't write any of that shit. I think she did. She co-wrote. You think so? She would write with them. Yeah. Okay. Um, from what I understand from all the documentaries that I've seen. Okay. Um, that she would kind of, they would just kind of chop it up. They would like get, you know, get high. One would play the music and she would write lyrics and, or vice versa or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe even just people, she was kind of like a muse. You know what I mean? Where even her just being there and her voice, I think that's what Tom Petty kind of said about her was like thinking of her and you know about this, but thinking about her singing it kind of gets your Thinking, see, hearing her voice makes it easier for you to write lyrics. Right. Because you can like, you, you can see her doing it and hear her lyrics and stuff. I, I could see you doing a, an unauthorized biography of Christina Applegate on Lifetime. You know? Maybe that, but she's not that interesting to me. <laughs> Maybe Top Mom. She's breast cancer. That's cool. Um, top Mom. <laughs> top Mom. It's Christmas, James. It's Christmas. Uh, I don't know what Top Mom is. Casey Anthony. Oh, is that? Oh, Tots. T-O-T. Tot yeah, mom. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if Top Mom, Top mom was like a fucking new mm. chef show that you watch. No. You're just like, all right, cool. Um, all right, next question. Ashley Powell. Top Gunner Days of Thunder. And second question, which Kenny Loggins song is your favorite? Whew. First of all, this is a great question because um, those are two really, really great films, Ashley. Top Gun, I got to go over Days of Thunder. I'm sorry, but I, I do love both, and it's a close. That's a close one. You go Top Gun over Days of Thunder. I go Top Gun, and I go Playing with the Boys. Playing with the Boys is your favorite Loggins yes. song. Okay, my favorite Loggins song is is Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh, okay, so, okay, sorry. Okay, yours I I understand. Um, Mike Lloyd, what's the weirdest thing you and Jables got in the PO box? It's a good one. I recently got, I'll tell you what I recently got was uh, two days ago. I got something called the Death Cross. Um, that, oh, the joint? No. Oh. Um, or the Death Star, maybe it was called. Uh, Joey Coco Diaz, who you're a fan of, um, took this 125 or 150 milligram weed edible. It was a gummy, and somebody sent me a whole bag of those. I don't even know. Like, first of all, I, I can't take those. Like, that's too much. That's too much fucking marijuana for me. That is way, 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 way too much on the system. Uh, that's one. Two, I don't even know a friend who I could give that to. Maybe one. There's about one friend I have who could do those, but... Uh, yeah, the 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 death cross was uh, that was that was the weirdest thing I got to the PO box. What about you? Oh, mine was a certified letter, but it was the patch. Patch. Oh no, it was the uh, the chocolate dick. The chocolate dick. Yeah, and yeah, the chocolate dick. 
That was it because it had Chaco veins in Dick. it. Oh, and, um, yeah. 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 Uh, Ricky Moore, what's the latest on the sequel to Range 15, Rescue 16, I believe it's called. Ricky, uh, great question. I wrote that. I turned that in in uh, December 1st of 2016, uh, Rescue 16. It is done. It has been done for two years. Uh, it is in those guys' hands to make that. All of them are super, super fucking busy. Um, I don't know if that get, that movie gets made, which is a shame. I wish it would. Uh, Connor Solario. Can we collaborate on a Bebo Sky King documentary? You know, I would love to see that. I'm not, I don't think I'm skilled enough to do a documentary. Uh, you've got to, f- not for the, the directing aspect of it. I could easily sit down and interview all these guys and all that shit. I think something like this takes about a year or two out of your life to interview all of these people and then trying to go back and understand this story of why he did it and all this other shit. But like, with the footage on the ground that they have and with all of the air traffic controller communications, this will be a great documentary someday and someone will Someone's make this it, yeah. for sure. But I, 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 to make a, a, a documentary this great and this who, epic who takes wrote, about two years out of your life. Who wrote that question? Uh, Connor Solario. Is he a docu? He wants to collab. Are you a doc? Do you make documentary films? That's a great Possibly. question, but uh, that would be an awesome story and a really great documentary. Oh yeah, um, especially because a lot of we we have mutual friends through Drinking Bros with this guy, and some of his family members and friends actually wrote us in on Drinking Bros and said he was an awesome fucking dude, mm-hmm. and he was hilarious and as thoughtful and funny as he was stealing the plane and all that shit with the the footage. So. It would be really, really good. Uh, and then to understand it all, especially for the fact of, and like, you know, look, we've teetered on both sides of this, of, you know, he killed himself and that's dark. But the other side, we look at it as like, dude, if you are going to kill yourself, like go out like that. I mean, that's legendary. We made t-shirts and shit. Like, it's great. Uh, Alex Caron, do you still think about Harambe every day like I do every day? That, that will never change. Um, I've stopped I've stopped ordering pants with the crotch in it because my dick is always up for Harambe. Right. And that's every single day. Um, Tamara Cook, would you be into pegging? No, you can answer that. No. Mm -mm. No. Nope. You wouldn't be into doing it? Would you ever, like, that's not, that's not something you would be into even trying. No. 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 Has anybody ever asked you to do some shit like that? Like, hey, put a strap on on me. Mm -mm. No. No. No, you've ever dated. Not a strap on, no. Something else? Just, you know, the normal. Like a dildo? No, like a no. Vibrator? No. Oh, just, like a finger in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But not a strap on, like, hey. No. Okay. Not to be like the pegs. masculine. Well, yeah. yeah. I was not asked to be like the dominating masculine. I'm surprised figure. by that because I could see that. You know, you're like, yeah, I'll f- me. Yeah, you want me to fuck you? I'll fuck you. You know? No, I'm not like that. <laughs> Listen, I'll click on anything, right? I'll give every, I'll give anything a little click. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Uh, Aaron Eckberg, who's your pick for the best rapper, hip hop artist still actively performing today? That's a good one. Um, so live in concerts. Because I've I've actually gone to a lot of rap concerts. Um, 
Jay-Z and Kanye are the best that are doing it. Why? Because they do it by themselves. So, when, when like especially Kanye, man. His stage production is amazing. He's got backup singers, a 100-piece orchestra. They're all behind the stage. You can't even see them. Like, And it's all about him. And he goes hard as fuck for two and a half hours. Jay-Z has a DJ on stage. And he goes. And it's just him. And it's great. The thing with the Young Money artists, like... Lil Wayne, Drake, fucking Nicki Minaj, all them, they have backup tracks. They have backing tracks, and they it sucks, man. Um, but I would say one, two, three in this order. I would go Kanye, Jay-Z, Post Malone. Those, those are the three that I go to where uh, they're phenomenal live, and you'll have a great, a great time that night. And it's just, um, it, it feels more like a concert rather than like a karaoke sesh. Whereas that's how I feel with the other rappers around. Um, I need to take my bread out soon. Oh, you got to take your bread so out. So how many? We'll go, we'll go through how many more questions do you think you got in you, Jabes? Um, well, it's not, again, it's not me. It's my bread. Sure. Because it is, it, it is Christmas. It is Christmas Day. We're not joking. My timer is about to go off. I can leave you here with the people if no, you want. No, no. How, how much time do you have left, Jabes? I have about... I personally have five minutes until. Great. So we're going to get, we'll, we'll go five minutes worth of questions. Let's do a I'll, lightning I'll round. It. Let's do I'll a lightning it. round. Lightning round. Let's go. Tim Kahn or Cone. Uh, what's your, what's your go-to movie? What could you watch over and over again? The movie that is on TV while flipping through channels and you can't stop watching it. His is Clerks 2, he says. What's My, yours? Mine's so dumb. Home for the Holidays? No, Vanilla Sky. Ah, I like Vanilla Sky. I get that. I don't that. know why. I get that. I know it's not a great movie. No, nah, but I understand But for that. some reason, yeah. it is my watch it over and over again movie. I'm fine with that. Mine's Tombstone. Oh, yeah. No matter what time or yep, day yep, or, yep. or whatever it is. is Daddy uh, Stone. Yeah. That's it. Because <laughs> you like all the daddies, right? That's it. Uh, FJ Melendez, what, what, was your, what career was your backup before I get started in this? Um, I, and then yours too as well, obviously. Um, mine was, uh, business finance. Um, I, I really enjoyed following the market and stocks and, uh, portfolios and all that other shit. And, uh, I thought I would work at, you know, maybe like a Merrill edge or, uh, like a Goldman or something. I enjoyed that growing up. I still enjoy the market and, and all facets of it to this day. And, uh, and probably a weird fact that no one would know is that I'm a, like, I'm a huge, like Jim Cramer fan. So, like, if I got to be on Kramer's show, it would be fucking amazing. Uh, what about you? Um, well, I was going, I figured if nothing else worked out, it would be makeup artist, hairstylist, own my own salon. Mm. And you're um, great at all that. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Julia Angelia K. What is the most bizarre fan interaction you've ever had? Um, I was holding my dick in a urinal, uh, no, at a, in a stall in uh, Fayetteville, did a live show. Um, somebody asked if they could come inside the stall and take a picture with me while I was holding my dick and, uh, and then just lean over and, uh, and take a pic and I did it and it's, it's out there. It's on Facebook somewhere. Um, but I was like, yeah, come on in, man. It's fine. It's totally cool. So we're like, look, man, I know. And he was cool. Like, I'm not even saying this in a bad way. He was like, look, man, I know you're about to go on stage in like two minutes. I don't know. There's like 300 people here. I don't know if I'm going to get to talk to you afterwards. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in. It's come fine. on in. So I was fine with it. I didn't give a right. shit. Yeah. What about you? I don't have enough fans. That's not true. Yet. I remember I remember yours. 
And um, so somebody dressed up as Helen Keller. Oh, right. Versus Nightwolves, your character. But before the movie came out, so they had gotten the whole outfit and blood and everything right yeah. off the trailer. And they hadn't even seen the movie yet. Yeah. And that's when I was like, whoa. But I don't get recognized out. I don't get, I, I don't know if I look different than everything that I've done or if people don't care enough. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, Adam Ament, where did the nickname Jables come from? Uh, the nickname Jables came from your name is Jesse Blue Wiseman. So uh, your mom would always call you Jesse Blue when you were here. I shortened that to Jables um, and then Jabes later on. And then we were watching, or I was watching an old, uh, fucking, what was her name? Uh, Tenacious D yeah. episode. And from like the nineties and, uh, I, I, Kyle Gass's character had called Jack Black's character Jables and that once back in the day in in the nineties. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what I call you. And it just stuck. Like, uh, that show hasn't aired since the nineties, but I used to watch it in college. So probably since then that, that was it. But, uh, but Jesse blue was the name that, your mom always used to call you, so it was just like uh, J Blue, J Bulls, and then Jabes. Right. Jabes against the machine. Right. Um, <laughs> T.C. McKinley, where did you have offers from to play college football for a position? Man, I had like 110. Um, 110 offers? I did, yeah. It was, uh, man... You know, it would be too much to go into. What were the top ones though? Like we had talked about it. Like one was Tennessee, so I went and visited Tennessee, which was Tennessee was great at the time. Uh, walk on offer from uh, walk on wasn't a scholarship offer from Ohio State. The rest of them were scholarship offers, but uh, I, I think non walk on Tennessee was the biggest. Um, uh, Okay. I would say, I, I, no, but underneath it, because, and then this is why I pause, like Colgate, I was super stoked about, and we had talked about this the mm-hmm. other day, like it was Ivy League and that was rad. So like I, I put, I put educational schools higher than the other ones simply for the fact of like, I, I knew I wasn't good enough to be pro, therefore the education would have meant more. Mm-hmm. And Colgate, what position? Well, Colgate held the best drama program as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, great. I, I can go and do that. Uh, position that I got re- recruited for was punter. Okay. Um, I played uh, defensive back in high school, but I was super small. Like I was six feet, 160, and I, I just was not big enough. Couldn't gain any weights all through high school. I don't think I had puberty, if you want to be real about it. I don't think I had puberty to like junior fucking college, to be honest with you. Um, I ended up going, growing about three inches in college and then putting on finally the weight that I needed and I could, I, then I was wrecking people, but, uh, not in high school. So, um, our high school team did not have a punter or a kicker. I played uh, soccer growing up. So therefore I did that. And then ironically, that's what I got recruited. Okay. From, we have one more question. That. Yes. Um, make it a good one, friend. Make it a good one. Look through, make it. Count. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it one for me. One for you. Uh, Marcus Benoff, if you didn't go to Ohio State, what school would you have gone to? Uh, probably University of Texas. Um, that school seemed rad. And uh, that would have been mine for you. 
Um, Robert Lee Seacrest. Um, who's your favorite actor between Kurt Russell and Bruce Campbell? Come on. That's Kurt Russell, right? Yeah, obviously. Um, we'll go one more here since it was, it was lightning, lightning rounds. Mike Robertson. Uh, Jesse, how do you manage your career and lifestyle married with two kids, one of, one of which is a newborn? How do you hold it together with all the separation and such? Uh, I don't. <laughs> that well. <laughs> I handle it probably the same as anyone else was it anyone else would it's really hard yeah it's really hard and i have breakdowns and i you know think am insecure about it uh don't know if i'm doing everything right don't feel like i'm failing all the time and then i'll have moments of triumph and awesomeness and i think that's pretty normal yeah so i don't know if i'm to be honest with you i don't know if i'm really handling everything right now but i'm getting stuff done and um i'm putting a lot of importance on this show yeah and making this show awesome so because as you, far as you like do the my sound work editing, yeah you do the video editing so for the my show. work i feel like i'm killing it and then you know having a newborn and having kids and being a mom i've talked about this before but um time will tell I guess if I'm handling everything right and I'm just trying to do the best that I can, but, um, yeah, finding a balance is what I'm going to need to work on because, um, you know, this, this show and making it awesome and my work is really, really important. So I need to, and my kids are insanely yeah. important and yeah. so are you. So it's like, my gosh, yeah. anyone that's doing it, that's trying to work and raise kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You always feel like you're failing at something and some days you do one thing good and some days you do the other. And I think that's all you can ask for. Um, before you get out of here, this is a quick one because there's, there's one for you and one for me left here. Uh, Jennifer Paul, I need to know, was the psychic right from last year? Not time wise, right? No. It took a little bit longer. Yeah. And she said, as far as like us getting, there, I, I will say this, looking back on it. No, there was 90% of what she said was wrong and yep. nobody had a heart attack. Nobody had nope. any of that shit. We had a kid, but not, but she knew that we wanted to. So yeah. And like that, we had that, it way earlier than she said, like, uh, so I would say 95% of what she said total was wrong. She was but nice. She, she was, was fun nice. and she was nice. And, um, it was hopeful. Yeah. She didn't tell us anything bad. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, bang, and, then, and then I have, I have one more question here. Uh, Sean Milton, what is the one thing you hate most about Hollywood? The one thing I hate most about Hollywood, and this will be the last question here uh, before we get out of here, and we hope you enjoyed your Christmas, is with Hollywood, uh, talent does not always win out. So I, I, I have a lot of friends not a lot, but like a handful of like five that I think are massively retardedly talented and um, they're not the most famous people there is. People get breaks over other people and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're more talented or more hardworking. It's a weird town like that. So that is the most that is the single most thing I hate about Hollywood is the talent and who deserves it does not always win out. Case in point is a, is a movie we've been bitching about, which is uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody. With you know, Sasha Baron Cohen worked on that movie for six years. To see his version of that film would have been amazing and life changing. 
you're not going to get it. And you, and you didn't get that film. And uh, that happens way, way more than anyone ever knows. And it's the same thing with these books. I know that that is probably the number one question I get is, I don't understand why your books aren't a TV show or movies yet. I am not famous enough uh, to make those. Um, talent does not matter. It is about a name. If, if it was, you know, Chris Hemsworth or somebody, they could get made tomorrow. They would water them down, but talent doesn't always win. And that is that is the the one thing I hate most about Hollywood. The other shit that I I can deal with, I don't really don't give a fuck about that. It's just, but that that one hump you can never get over, and there there is no right or wrong answer about that. Jabe's, I appreciate you doing this on Christmas. You know, we just popped in the studio and did it, you. and uh, yeah. And that bread has got to come out, son. Got to come out of the oven. But and, I love uh, you, the, and I love fam here. I love everything, all yeah. of you guys. <laughs> and we do not take a break. I see these other podcasters. No. We're taking a couple weeks off. But it's it's why, dude? Yeah, listen to us. Uh, we didn't miss this beats. We love you for Jesse Wiseman, aka the Jables. I am Ross Patterson. This is the Revolution. Good night, everyone. And as per tradition, I will play you out with. Do they know it's Christmas? It's Christmas time.